three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Ladies, gentlemen, days, and gays, this is The Real Pineapple, and this is your humble hunter here, coming to you live on my birthday. Hell yeah. Um, I, As you're uh, listening to this, I just turned 36, uh, which is nuts to say in here out loud, but uh, I'm, I'm so happy. Um, thank you all so much for supporting this show. Um, like I, I've, I've mentioned it before, I'm going to be hopping on Twitch and hopping on YouTube and doing some more lives, uh, live streaming or start doing live streaming. So I've got, got stuff coming down the pipeline for y'all, but thank you seriously so much for all the support and I love y'all and thank you. Thank you so, so much. Uh, I've got a review for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which of course is directed by uh, Joaquim Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, and Justin K. Thompson. Uh, Joaquim, you know from, most likely, from being a producer on uh, Voltron Legendary Defender, which is really good. Uh, He went ahead and worked on uh, The Legend of Korra, which if you've not seen The Legend of Korra, it fucking rules. Watch it. He was a producer on there. He worked on the art department for Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, Kemp Powers, he went ahead and was a writer on Soul, which I've, I have not reviewed Soul. I need to review Soul. How the hell have I not reviewed that? But he, was a, but he was a writer on Soul. He was a writer on One Night in Miami, which if you've not seen One Night in Miami, please watch One Night in Miami. And he also uh, was a writer or is a writer uh, on a Star Trek Discovery. And then uh, Justin K. Thompson, he was a production designer on Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. He was a production designer as well on Cloudy of a Chance of Meatballs, which is great, and Cloudy of a Chance of Meatballs too, which is pretty damn good. Not as great as the original, but pretty damn good. And so let's just let's just get this out of the way. This movie rules. This movie is fucking fantastic. I went and saw this with uh, with my amazing partner and her sister Sibley. We saw this in IMAX, which I am so happy we saw this in IMAX, and I'm I'm still overwhelmed in the best way. I got out of the movie about four hours ago, and as I sit here talking to y'all, I just, I don't even know where to start with this, so I'm just going to kind of jump in. So, as you know from the original uh, uh, Spider-Verse film, it ended with Miles Morales becoming Spider-Man, you know, becoming Brooklyn's own uh, only Spider-Man. And we go ahead and we pick up from there. And what I love about this movie is that it doesn't open, or one of the many things I love about this movie is that it doesn't open with Miles. It opens up with Gwen, uh, Gwen Stacy's, uh, who, of course, is played by the lovely Haley Steinfeld, who also plays uh, Kate Bishop, as you know, in the MCU. And I don't know, Haley Steinfeld, I feel like she's one of those people that we really don't talk about enough as far as how great she is, seemingly at fucking everything. I mean, she fucking sings, she models, I mean, she's gorgeous, she's funny, 
She was great on Hawkeye. She has a very natural, not just charisma to her, but she has very natural comedic timing. And that is something I will say about this movie that it's definitely funny. It's definitely a funny movie, just like the first one is. But this movie has more weight to it as far as in the dramatic elements. There's a lot. It, it is darker in tone. This is kind of the Empire Strikes Back of the Spider-Verse films. And as you watch it, you'll understand why. Because I'm going to dance around spoilers like there's no tomorrow on this. So Miles, he goes ahead and gets visited again by Gwen. Uh, which leads to the whole introduction of the spider society. And what I'll say about the plot about this movie is it's definitely more complex than the first film. But what I really like about this movie is, look, you're talking to someone who is literally decked out in Spider-Man clothes right now as I'm recording this. But you're talking to someone who's read Spider-Man since I was, you know, fucking four years old. I've always loved Spider-Man. He's always been my favorite comic book character. But what I really appreciate about this is that this really kind of spoon feeds the audience without being condescending. It gives you the breadcrumbs to go ahead and follow the story. And it leads you along in a way that you never feel like it's giving you too much, but it's not undercutting you or being condescending to you, which is a really, really tough line to walk. And yet this movie kept doing it. I just went, man, the people who wrote this really fucking care. Um, the people who did write this are uh, David Callahan, who you know from writing uh, Shang-Chi in The Legend of the Ten Rings, which fucking rules. He also wow, he wrote Wonder Woman 84. Really? Goddamn. Um, but he also wrote Zombieland uh, Double Tap. And he wrote Mortal Kombat. What a weird... Really? What a weird fucking... Anyways, but he he was a writer on it. And then, of course, Phil Lord and uh, Chris Miller, who, you know, you know from Clone High and so many other goddamn things. They're fucking brilliant. But I always felt like this movie was moving. There's no lulls in this movie. And it's just... It's fascinating. It's fascinating as it continues to go on. And especially where it ends up. And... That is a complaint I know some people are going to have, which I'm going to address that. Just get this out of the way now. Yes, this ends on a cliffhanger. It ends on a hell of a cliffhanger, honestly. It ends on a Infinity War-esque type cliffhanger. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. Some of y'all are spoiled. Some of you are just fucking spoiled because, you know, to be old manhunter is my birthday after all, goddammit. Back in my day, I remember when, you know, I would listen to stuff on the radio and it would, you know, it would be like, oh man, like, are they going to make this jump? Turn in tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat, you know, it, that sort of shit. Cliffhangers used to be common, commonplace. And so I think now when audiences get one, because, you know, we live in the age of streaming now where we're so used to being able to watch the next episode and just move on that... I do believe that audiences are kind of pretentious, uh, pretentious in that way. And all I have to say to y'all is shut up because this movie more than earns its cliffhanger. We are probably looking, I, I want to say I looked it up. I want to say it's like March 24th next year for uh, Beyond the Spider-Verse, which is the sequel and the finale to this. But I, I think it'll probably get pushed back closer to summer 
because the writer strike is still going on, so it, it could be delayed even later than that. Hopefully, it's not. Pay your writers, studios, Jesus Christ. But it it more than earns its cliffhanger ending. I was stoked when it got to the end in the sense of, oh my God, there's there's gonna be more. There's gonna be more. Thank God. But I I I, I just, I'm gonna go down, go down the cast list here because I've talked about Haley Steinfeld. I I, I gotta give Shamik more voicing Miles Morales. So I talked about Into the Spider-Verse and how much that movie as a person of color means to me. I've talked about how much I love Miles Morales, how much I love the character, how I will... Despite the times that Brian Michael Bendis does fall short, and he does, unfortunately, when he's writing comics, he always handled Miles in a way that was so respectful and wonderful, and I just always would read Miles... And just go, God damn it, he fucking gets his character. He he loves this character. And while I have talked a ton of shit about Sony, because whenever they do something independent of Marvel, I get terrified. Uh let the let there be Carnage and Morbius being the latest examples. They just they Lord and Miller get animation. At the absolute floor base level, they fucking get animation and they understand how to make Miles work. And the fact that Sony came out today, actually, and said, hey, you know, you're getting a spider. We're we're giving you a Spider-Woman live action movie. We're giving you a Miles Morales live action movie. Am I terrified of them doing that? Absolutely. Because because I don't think those things would be part of the MCU. And that automatically gives me cause to pause. Because, uh, as I just mentioned, the live-action offerings from Sony, especially when it comes to Spider-Man recently, haven't been great outside of Marvel. But I do think that they love Miles Morales as a character. For the love of God, please let Miller and Lord work on the live-action Miles script because I don't want anyone else writing it unless it's Bendis, which I doubt he would at this point. But but I, I want to shout the other voice actors here. So, you know, I mentioned uh, I mentioned Shamik Moore. I mentioned uh, Haley Steinfeld, who, you know, love Haley Steinfeld. Oscar Isaac playing Miguel O'Hara, a.k.a. Spider-Man 2099. Holy shit. So I know Oscar Isaac is great. We 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 all know Oscar Isaac is great. He's great in pretty much fucking everything. Whether you know whether it's Drive, whether it's Ex Machina, whether it's you know Dune, whether it's uh, fucking uh, the Card Counter, which I never viewed the Card Counter. I think it's on HBO Max. Yes, I'm still calling it HBO Max because Max is a stupid fucking name. I believe it's still on there. If it is, you should watch it. Even if it's not, rent it. It's well worth your time. Isaac is one of the best in the game right now, and he's a hell of a voice actor. And it's crazy how he's Moon Knight. He played Apocalypse, and now he's playing Spider-Man 2099. And there is a Venom, pun intended, in his voice when he's talking to Miles. It's not a spoiler because they show it in the trailer where he is just, there's a point where he is just hunting Miles down. And there is this anger and this, this this growl, almost this, like, almost like this beastly type growl. I realize people are kind of, some people are probably going, go on. Uh, he, but he, he has this growl in his voice when he's angry. That is so goddamn menacing. I went, oh, fuck. There, 
there were multiple people behind me going, oh, shit, at several points in this movie because of Isaac's voice acting. And he just, he nails the character. He nails the tenacity of uh, O'Hara. He nails the sadness as far as his origin story. And speaking of sadness and origin stories, I don't think the multiverse... And look, I, I've talked about it, you know, in terms of like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which I think does an incredible job of it. This is the best depiction of the multiverse that we've seen so far, period. The way that they tie it in to Spider-Man's origin, and I'll go ahead and I'll just leave it at that because that's a little spoilerish. The way the multiverse factors into that is so well crafted and it's it's seamlessly done. Once they introduce this concept, you're going to kind of go, really? But it's not really in the sense of you're like like mad at or anything, but it's it's one of those pleasant surprises that you just go, son of a bitch. Okay, that really works. Uh, I, I haven't talked about him yet, but uh, Jason Schwartzman, who I, I love Jason Schwartzman. I can't wait to see him in, um, in Asteroid City. I'm so excited to see him in that. But of course, you know him from... A bunch of shit, whether it's, you know, Klaus, whether it's Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, oh my gosh, Grand Budapest, Saving Mr. Banks, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, uh, Bored to Death. If you've not watched that, you need to watch Bored to Death, uh, as well as Mozart in the Jungle. He's he's wonderful. He He's fucking wonderful. And if you're not familiar with the villain, uh, the spot, the villain comes across very funny. At first, the initial interaction that him and Miles have is quite humorous, and they actually go ahead and sh- uh, give you a nice taste of that in the trailer. But for those of you who've read a good amount of Spider-Man, the spot's nothing to fuck with, and the way that the spot evolves, and again, I'll, I'll leave it vague, he becomes terrifying in a way that I went, oh shit, okay, you're doing this with the spot. And what they do is actually really quite clever with how they go ahead and they flesh that character out as far as being a villain. I'm I'm really excited to see where they continue to go with uh, with uh, with the spot. A couple other things I want to shout out real quick. Uh, Jake Johnson is back as Peter B. Parker. I was so happy to see that fucking character again. I was so happy because I fucking love Jake Johnson. He does an incredible job here, just as great of a job as he did in Into the Spider Verse. Uh, Isa Ray, um, I have not watched a ton of her stuff. I I've tried to give Insecure a chance a couple times, and just it, it just hasn't worked for me. I am gonna give it a earnest try here at some point, but I adored her in the photograph. I thought she was great in the hate in the hate you give. Um, yeah, I I think she I think she works more. And maybe even I give her credit for. Like I said, I have I just wasn't crazy about Insecure when I watched it, but just off of the photograph and the hate you give alone, I'll give her props. She's great in here. She plays uh, she plays Jessica Drew, which I was really happy to see Jessica Drew on screen. Let alone the depiction that we get of Jessica uh, Jessica Drew. I don't think she's done voice acting before, but she nailed it here. So. Not everyone can be a great voice actor or actress, and she's she's great in the role. So, props to her; she does a great job. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya, 
uh, or Daniel Alcoholic Drink, as I call him sometimes. He voices Spider-Punk. He's awesome. He's so goddamn awesome. And I haven't really talked about it too much, but the animation styles, there are points where they're layer the way that they're layering the animation, you feel just the multitude of animation at points clashing with each other. It's like this beautiful painting for the over two hour runtime. And I and I have to give uh, I have to give everyone credit on this front alone. It's two hours and twenty minutes, so it's almost two and a half hours. I never felt the length. Phrasing. I I was astounded, to, to be quite frank, that I never felt the length. This breezed by in a way that I was sitting there going, God damn, this is just kind of flawless. It's it's kind of amazing just how well this works and how uh, seamless it feels. And again, I've I've like you know I, I I know I've talked about it, but my God, talking about fucking uh, Ghosted or White Man Can't Jump the remake, those movies felt like two and a half hours easy, and I was just felt like I was getting fucking tortured. But this movie, it flies by so well, and it's so well paced. I was like, God damn, I, I just. I was really in awe uh, watching this and, and just so incredibly impressed. I'm going to go ahead and throw some names out here. Uh, so Dean Gordon, uh, Arias Khalid, those are the art directors. Um, as far as the art department, uh, Kevin uh, Amerik, David Bleach, uh, Violaine Briot, uh, Jeff uh, Delgado, uh, Yuki Demirs, Tony uh Ian, uh, Ian Nero, uh, Kellen Jett, Matt Jones, Tiffany Lamb, Chloe Look, uh, Guillermo Martinez, Mike McCain, Marco uh, Nellor, Chris O'Keefe, Jake Pennion, uh, Ar- Ar- Aurelian uh, Pridal, Naveen Slavon, uh, Slavonathan, uh, that's what I'm going to go with, uh, Jay Takor, Ami Thompson, Kate Sai, uh, Christy Singh, Spencer Wayne, uh, Spencer Wayne, uh, Henry Wong, Lauren Wood, and Ki Yang. Those are all visual development artists that I went ahead and named off, and I, they need to be mentioned here. Um, I, I can't go through everyone here here who worked on visual effects and everything, but if you were in any way involved in the visual effects or the sound or anything on this on this film. My God, thank you. Thank you so goddamn much for making this movie. Thank you so much for putting your heart and your soul and your time into this. I, I just, I was in awe. I was truly in awe watching this movie. Um, I, I I really didn't want to review this movie as soon as I got out. So I, you know, I took a shower and I smoked a little bit and I just kind of meditated on this. And I honestly, God, don't have a complaint about this. I really like. I guess you could say the runtime if you really want to nitpick. But again, I never felt the length. Phrasing again, I, it just it breezed by for me. It this felt like this was. I, I've talked. I've said this before on the show. There are those movies, stuff like you know Mission Impossible Fallout, stuff like Black Panther, stuff like Nine Days, uh, stuff like Coda, um, Tick Tick Boom, uh, just. Uh, fuck what else a Tetris which I haven't reviewed yet a Blackberry to name a few 
that there are those movies where I sit there and I go, I'm honored to have watched this. I'm happy I took my time to watch this film. I have uh, the Into the Spider-Verse art book on my on my bookshelf. Uh, I, I will be buying the art book for Across the Spider-Verse. It, it's a day one buy. I, I, it's not even a question. That will be on my bookshelf right next to in the spider into uh, right next to in the spider verse i adore this film i have true admiration for everyone who's involved and again i i just this isn't the conversation for the best comic book films of all time they do have to stick the landing i, I will say the same thing i said about infinity war this will this will be on my best of list regardless because I, I didn't put Infinity War on my list that year because, you know, I said it's part one of an incomplete story. But I'm realizing that's really unfair. Like, if it's a great movie, it doesn't really fucking matter if it's a part one or part two or part 17. It should be on there. And I and I did regret not putting Infinity War on my list, uh, you know, af- after looking back on it. Uh, this is my number one favorite film of the year so far. I can't tell you that nothing will knock it off because we've got another you know six seven months of film coming out but goddamn uh the flash the marvels anything else comic book related has a hell of a hill to climb to try even touch this movie um i don't see a world where the flash is better not just because ezra miller sucks but I, I just don't see a world where anything can touch this in, in the comic book spectrum this year. This is a fan-fucking-tastic of the highest degree. I I, I love this movie. I, I straight-up love this movie. So everyone involved, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, <coughs> pardon me, look, I'm, I'm rarely one of those people who says, you have to see this in IMAX. You need to see this in IMAX. If, if you get a chance to see this in IMAX, see this in IMAX. I don't know if it's playing in 3D, but if it is, see it in IMAX 3D. Th- this movie is incredible, and everyone needs to see it. Please support this movie. Support animation. Support great animation. And, and at, at worst, this is a great animated film. But this is just a great film, period. So seriously... Support this movie. It deserves your money. It deserves your time. It deserves your praise. It deserves your attention. Uh, Fan-fucking-tastic for uh, Across the Spider-Verse. So, ah, love this movie. But everyone, uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, have you seen it? What did you think of it? Let us know in the comments. Uh, Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, Tune Up and Samsung Podcasts, name a few, at The Real Pineapple. Go ahead and find us on YouTube. Just search The Real Pineapple and you can find us there. Uh, you can go ahead and like both our pages on Facebook at The Real Pineapple and Real Pineapple Games. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and Instagram at jhunterrealpineapple. And you can go ahead and follow, uh, find all of our socials at link tr.ee slash jhunterrealpineapple and you can follow me on twitch at twitch.tv slash jhunterrealpineapple and don't forget to follow me on tiktok at blackshazam775 and you can follow me on letterboxd at blackshazam thank you so much everyone for listening we're going to have we have quite a few reviews coming out here soon including a review for this incredible documentary 
uh, Anonymous Sister. I got to interview uh, the director, Jamie Boyle, about that film as well. And, oh, my God, I'm excited for you all to get that review, listen to that review and uh, check out that interview. Got a review come up here soon uh, for BlackBerry. Uh, Next week, I'm going to be reviewing Transformers, the first Michael Bay movie. God help me. Uh, In preparation for the next Transformers movie come out next week. Uh, I think that's... uh, the the beast one but i'll be uh talking about i'll be reviewing that next week as well oh gosh what else and oh yeah i'm gonna be starting my reviews of the indiana jones films here in the next uh, couple weeks leading up to indiana jones and the dial of destiny uh i hope that's good i'm nervous but i hope it's good so yeah i've got quite a few things coming down the pipeline everyone but thank you again so much for listening thank you again for your support Um, I love y'all and, uh, yeah, thanks again and we'll talk to you soon.